Hi, it's me again. We're gonna talk about a bunch of movies I haven't seen. Today on Review Lounge. <laughs> Well, we covered superheroes. Mostly, we yeah. co we covered uh, these these tentpole uh, multi movie franchises. We covered the horror films. We didn't talk about Deadpool. Is there anything worth talking about with Deadpool? I did like it. Um, I'm not sure how much I'd like it if I saw it again. So I watched it a second time. Okay. And so you you got the perspective here. Yeah. And I, I I I also saw it only once and enjoyed it as like. Well, a I love Ryan Reynolds. I just. I like seeing him be Ryan Reynolds, and this was a movie where Ryan Reynolds could be Ryan Reynolds. And, and, and not be like a cute love interest. No, yeah. Smiley guy. So it's fair to say, I mean, it was a great movie in a lot of ways. I mean, but the thing that didn't really stand up for me was anytime he was outside of the costume. I think that his he's at his the height of his powers when he's in the in that costume. Yes. Which I think uh, says a lot for Ryan Reynolds mm -hmm. and his voice acting yeah. and his acting and his body movement. And also the way they decided to make the the you know, to give the costume eyes some expression yeah, and, it has, uh, and and also give it not a lot of expression. There's something really comical about watching uh, somebody in a leather superhero costume get completely mutilated. It's, it's, it's kind of a uh, monotone type thing. It's the comedy of being monotone as a physical being. Yeah. And I love how like dirty and like sweaty like his crotch got and stuff like yeah. that. Like, and they really play that up. It's a gimmick movie almost. And it was directed by a guy who, this was his first feature. That's and amazing. He's, fi he's 50-some. And he, uh, he, up to this point, he had only ever directed video games and like trailers for video games. So that gives you hope. You can be a late bloomer like this. Yeah, guy. he was. It was a, apparently his last chance at really getting a giant project, and because he'd been working in the industry for years. Yeah. And this was like he he just was so on board with this project and, and, and had, had a vision for it. And Ryan Reynolds, kind of like you, rode that pony until somebody. Uh, That's right. <laughs> ride that pony. Ride that pony until it works out for you. I mean, it, it, I'm I'm sure it was to ultimately to the benefit of the film that. That they botched it so badly in X Men, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine when they tried to do Deadpool then, because Fox really had to kind of you know eat crow over it and yeah. and, and, and let them go off and do it in a smaller way. They weren't going to try like a big reboot of it. And, and like a lot of old video games that had technical limitations, this had budgetary limitations. I think sixty mil, I, <laughs> which is nothing for a, yeah. a feature. I think that was to the benefit of this oh, yeah. movie. And it, it will get a sequel. It's the highest, like, uh, I think it made them much more creative movie. with it. Highest grossing R-rated film of all time. And another not giant stakes thing. It, it's it's him oh, yeah. and his girlfriend on, like, a container ship. And it's not... Well, at the end of the day, it's a movie about a guy trying to get the girl. Yeah. And and it's it, that's all it really is. And and to incorporate also lesser uh, X-Men characters that or, was, or... That was brilliant. Or to not... And, that, yeah, those are my... All and my to rag parts. on it and to be like, it's obvious what's happening here. Yeah. And, but we need it for the story and... Like, you don't want to get it. two X-Men in here. Oh, <laughs> like, the, you know, the, with those, the only ones home every time I show up in this big house. With those fourth wall breaks, you could have $5 as the budget and, yeah. you, and you can make it work because mm -hmm. you, you just acknowledge your shortcomings and move on. Oh, yeah. And, and so I guess the real test is going to be how do they handle the sequel? Because if they, if they kind of make it into this giant franchise that they're really trying to merchandise off of, it could lose a lot of the, the charm, a lot of the, oh, edge yeah. that, the edge that makes it so appealing. Well, well the one thing that's interesting is I don't feel like, uh, do you think there's going to be a huge like backlash almost? Like, do you think that a lot of studios are going to uh, green light a lot of R-rated superhero movies? Absolutely. Oh, I mean, that's what tends to happen. I mean, whole, uh, 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 people have been talking about how maybe they shouldn't do that a lot. But yeah, I mean, historically, you know, okay, Hostel does well, right? Yeah. And so then in the next fiscal year, you're going to see 10 movies just like Hostel yep. because it did, because it, it was a surprise hit. So anything that's a surprise hit gets emulated. Yep. Um, so, but I, you know, I hear that old man Logan, which is going to be the final Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie yeah. that's set to be R rated. Well, that makes sense. Uh, in the X-Men canon, I don't feel like it will have that much of an impact. Like even with suicide squad, there was like this, this like vague theory that they would R rated up based on, the success of Deadpool, but that, I don't feel like that really happened. I mean, there is something a little bit sad to the notion that, like, children aren't welcome anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> except, yeah. except that they're welcome to everything. I feel like they're so much more welcome yeah. than they are misplaced because they, they want people to come and see, well, everyone can come see Despicable Me. So what we'll do is we'll take the movies that are so obviously for kids and throw in the stuff for adults and try to make them four-quadrant films. 
But De- De- Deadpool wasn't good because it was R-rated. De- no. Deadpool was good because it had a vision. And part of that vision was an R-rated comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, sort, it's sort of in that same way that, like, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. It just had a vision. Yeah. It had a, it, it was like, it's going to be this. And that's what, that's why we still watch that movie. It's refreshing. It's a refreshing to have that R-rated vision, um, even though... I, I I feel like then you'll have the counter thing where people are like, we need an R-rated movie, and that's not the way to... Studios won't understand why it was yeah. successful. The same way that Guardians of the Galaxy was good because it had a vision. You know, it's like it's, it's not like, oh, people like team movies. Make another team movie. It's like, no, well, no, it's just a really good one. I don't yeah. even know what R-rated means anymore, though. I'm kind of shocked that to even hear now, and even though I know it, that Suicide Squad wasn't R-rated. You have a guy whose main thing is he's great at killing people, and he right. shoots everyone, yeah, and he he's perfect him. at it. All the time. You have someone who arguably, even though they cut a lot of it out, is in an abusive relationship. A, a guy who kills his children and his oh, yeah. wife who lit things on fire. And he's um, the most sympathetic character. Yeah. Well, it's sort of in that same way that like Breaking Bad on AMC can't say fuck. Yeah, which uh, is but ridiculous. It can, it can do everything else it in the world. can liquefy a guy. Yeah, yeah. But you uh, can't say fuck. But it, it's, it's interesting that Fox, Fox, Fox with all of its failures and all of its kind of touch and go, um, had such a massive hit. I mean, like, you know, I, I, with them treating that, that material as well as they did, you know, it kind of slows those comments down a little bit about trying to get these properties over to Marvel. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good that they're all at Marvel. Like, yeah. um, I actually like that there is, because as soon as you bring mutants into the world of Marvel, like the Marvel movies, it really devalues the whole point, which is like, well, what is the difference between Thor and a mutant? Yeah. What's the difference between one of those space mutants that's in, like, the Dark Phoenix saga and Thor? Yeah. Or, you know, what's the difference between <laughs> Thanos it, and... Then, like, it really throws out Black Widow and Hawkeye, who were pretty much out the door anyway. Yeah. To be like, don't even bother training up to be a great agent because yeah. they're just mutants who are going to blow you away. Even Tony Stark takes a backseat at that point. But, like, I don't love Batman when he's interacting with the Justice League. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I, I think that he, he kind of... Like, they always do figure out some narrative way to bring him forward mm. by being, like, they're all fighting and then he's like, oh, Huh, and he uses his human brain or something, yeah. and he goes and flies like at one of his ships. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I just I think that like standalone Batman, like you're never gonna make a better Batman movie than The Dark Knight. There's like a reality to it. It's like Daredevil, the yeah. Netflix series Daredevil. The street level crime is very compelling, and there's stakes. And they're I smart. Think that's the thing. They're smart enough not to make that world interact with their with their movie universe, even though it does exist in the same plane. Yes. So that's one way you could do it. If, if, if the X-Men did, you know, fall over to Marvel, they could they could sort of keep them separate while acknowledging each other's existences. But I, I do kind of like the, art, the, not artificial, but the real real life licenses are in different they could They could really use Magneto. I mean, in, term, in terms of villains. That's true. That <laughs> is true. Because they don't really have any villains. So yeah. they, could, they could, Magneto's. Loki doesn't do it for me personally. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't really get A hit, lot of people like him. Hiddle Swift. Yeah, I don't like the Hiddle Swifts and the, <laughs> the cover matches. And the... I, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. And, and, and we haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. That's coming out in a few yeah. months. And, uh, but I'm not like super excited. Yeah, it's one of those things, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it'll probably surprise me and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even Yeah, but the, trail- the trailers from. didn't grab you the way Guardians trailers yeah, grabbed that's you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, trailers do matter. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, let's talk about the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Get out of my friend, Ghost! What an awful trailer. Yeah, I mean, so that we, we, we watched that YouTube series, uh, Every Frame of every frame of painting and you shared with me a blog that kind of broke down the UK trailer versus the US trailer yes, and showed how like where to cut what the frame like they cropped the f- a frame at one point um, the images you're actually showing the audience like it all matters in terms of sell- like it's he it, it made some very subtle points about why the comedy in the trailer didn't work I've mm-hmm. never seen a bad trailer spark so much politics and outrage and real world consequences for people fighting and arguing yeah, it- well over what in my opinion, was just a bad trailer. Yeah. You guys think it's a pretty... I, I haven't seen it, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, but I think I was just fatigued. Uh, all of the controversy, but and, you and, said and, it wasn't a bad movie. And you didn't miss much. In, in my opinion, it was fine. It was a fun watch. There were some good performances. We left. Yeah. I'd rather there not be another Ghostbusters movie because yeah. it, it wasn't great, but it was not as bad as the trailer. Yeah. And it was... And the trailer made it look horrible. It's a modern comedy. That's all it really is. With, with, some, with some extra effects that modern comedies don't get. Mm. And um, If you like the actresses, you'll probably like the movie. I mean, I, I, you know, um, uh, Leslie Jones, her performance in the actual movie 
is really way better than the, tra it's, the, tra the trailer. It's, it's, it's more nuanced. It's because um, in the trailer she looks like a cartoon or she yeah. sounds like a cartoon. And those and so I remember people when I heard early on they were like Leslie Jones is better than she is in the trailer. I'm like how is yeah. that scene that I saw in the trailer with the get out of my friend ghost? Get out of my friend ghost! Is that in the movie? If it is, you're done. Yeah. But uh, somehow, I mean, context matters. Movies are yeah. interesting in that way. I heard she was actually one of the more relatable characters. Yeah. No, she really. She. Re I thought she really worked in it, and and there was an interesting performance, to say the least, from uh, what's her face from SNL there. I, I actually really liked her as well. Some people really ragged on her. Which one's that? The, She's the one crazy the, one. Yeah, the goggles. The guns? Yeah. She doesn't really have much of a character, but she she. Has but a, she does funny things. She does funny things with her body. She does funny things with her voice. A very physical performance. Mm. It was fairly consistent. Like I, I have a problem with Melissa McCarthy now, where I think she mostly does in the moment whatever yeah. is going to be the funniest thing which and it's we're, not we're Gilmore character. Girl fans and we, so we know she can act we know that we know. she's good and we know she's funny and I mean, not just for being the fat gross one yeah or the homely one or like the yeah, yeah. and they didn't do that in this movie actually instead they just did nothing yeah. <laughs> um they, they, it, she's just sort of a neutral character but um you know, I actually love Kristen Wiig. I, I remember the first thing, I'm not really an SNL guy, but the first time I saw Kristen Wiig was in a very short scene in Knocked Up with Katherine Heigl. Okay. And she's just acting opposite Katherine Heigl, and she was just like another, like, I guess Katherine Heigl was a new, like a weather lady or something. And she was just going, she, she was making these very subtle digs about Katherine Heigl's weight. About her needing but, to lose that weight. That was her only goal in the but scene. She, but she wasn't legally allowed to say she should lose weight, so she's just like, get... Tighter. Uh -huh. We don't want you to lose weight. We just want you to be healthy. Okay. You know, by, by eating less. Yeah, she's like, maybe tighter. And it, it's just a very funny performance. And then I, I, I think Bridesmaids is, is pretty brilliant. The Bridesmaids was written by Kristen Wiig, and, and she sort of teamed up with... Um, uh, now, now I can't remember the director's name. It was like he was the, the big deal for a while. Like I was hearing his fucking name every day. Paul. Paul, Paul Feig. Paul no. Feig. Yeah, that must be it. That's who directed Ghostbusters. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, he directed Bridesmaids. Okay, yeah. Um, Which so, is fine. So it's a fine movie. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was really funny, and I, I it made me discover Melissa McCarthy. And mm -hmm. so when I kind of heard like, "Hey, they're going to take Bridesmaids and make that Ghostbusters," I was like, "All right." I was like, "Well, it's not as good as Ghostbusters 3. I liked the female cast they told me about more than I liked the various male cast the they had talked about in the past. Ones that included like Seth Rogen yeah. or like... Chris Farley at one point or all these different iterations of the male cast. And I was like, well, if you're going to truly... If you're kind of like... If the Bill Murray thing is totally done and we're not going to do Bill Murray, we're not going to do Dan Aykroyd and... And Paul Harold, Ramis is dead. Yeah, Harold, Harold Ramis is dead. Then, then doing this sort of this female treatment of it, it's at least inspired to some degree. I mean, maybe... It's a little cheap. It might, it, it might shake it loose a little bit where you're not just rehashing something that you shouldn't have touched. Are, are all the, is all, all the original, or the ones that are alive, do they all make cameos? Yeah, all three of them. Um, oh, they're terrible. It's, it's, it's actually the worst part of the film. Yep. Really? Bill, uh, Bill Murray on screen is the worst part of the film. He doesn't make one joke. You think they they, they were... do away with him very quickly. Uh, Dan Aykroyd goes, I, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Um, as a cab driver. As a cab driver. And Ernie Hudson is Leslie Jones's uncle that provides her with the, uh, the, the host. Hearse. So, do you think they regret not doing a soft reboot? <laughs> Sony, <laughs> Sony uh, doesn't have a lot of properties at this point mm. in, in terms of big IP to do big tech. We had goals. a terrible, terrible year. Um, and if that's and, all we're doing now, if all and, we're doing is going back to the well, you got to go back to the only thing in the well. They were looking through their catalog and they go, "Why aren't we making more money with Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters is a, is a huge cultural thing, mm. and and they they really didn't want to involve Ivan Reitman. We all we know all this from the Sony hacks. Mm -hmm. the, Ivan Reitman, the original director of Ghostbusters, they didn't want him involved. Uh, they thought he was an old fogey, and um, <laughs> and they wanted to make it fresh." And there's a great breakdown of this all online. There's a wonderful, yeah. Uh, there's, it's a, it's a, I forget the YouTube channel name, but anyway, um, you can see the emails that go back and forth between Amy Pascal, the 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 then head of Sony development, and Paul Feig about like they're gonna make alien ghosts and they're oh, gonna yeah, do yeah. all this crap, and she can't spell to save her life. But they it's originally all caps. wanted something different. <laughs> they originally wanted. Um, not going back to the well. They, they wanted a unique, individual, original, like, female superhero film, right? Right. They, they, they were developing... They, at the time, Paul Feig was already developing an all-female superhero movie called Glass Ceiling. So they kind of retrofitted Ghostbusters to do oh, this Paul Feig vision. That makes and sense. they said, why don't we do this instead? That because we need to make some money off of Ghostbusters already. we got to sell some, some, some Twinkies. Mm. And... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I saw some uh, ecto cooler. And so, you know, for for something that was uh, brewed in a cauldron that cynically, yeah, yeah, to have sparked this kind of gender debate, I'm like, we we need to we need to talk about something that matters, <laughs> uh, be, be, because believe me, they did not. This is not Sony launching. A, uh, this is not, you know, this is not them. This is not a feminist movement. This no. is a cash grab. This is a cash grab, guys. And, and, you know, I think after the big backlash on YouTube and, and how hated the trailer was, I think Sony wanted to, to launch an experiment, which is can you, can you market a film off of accusing people of being bigots? And the answer is no, because... It can you make them spend their money to prove they're not I mean, ultimately, sexist. if we're going to be totally objective in how things all shook out... <laughs> You know, you had people wanting it to be a horrible movie or a great movie, and it wasn't either. Uh, and you, then you alienate the people who love the original Ghostbusters yeah. by you, basically yeah, calling you, them you sexist. People who didn't come out to protest this film, but again, really, it wasn't a bad movie. They might have enjoyed yeah. it. They might have enjoyed it if you just stood out of this mm-hmm. sexist debate. One of the big internet stories during it was James Rolfe, who we're both we're all fans of. He's the angry video game nerd. He just made a quick little video talking about, you know what, I don't really want to see a remake of Ghostbusters. It's one of my favorite movies in the world. He didn't even mention the the, the gender issue, except for in relation to its title. Yeah. He was like, they shouldn't call it Ghostbusters. I, I, otherwise, people will all call it the female Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it, this was not about gender. It, sound, it sounded like he was just basing it on the trailer. It doesn't look... A trailer should want to entice you. He saw the trailer, and that doesn't look like something he said, eh, it's going to be a remake. I don't want to do it. He got roasted as a sexist, right? Even by, like, Patton Oswalt for some reason because his wife worked on the movie or something. James Rolfe did the smartest thing that no one else in the world was willing to do. <laughs> he didn't make a peep. He never, to this day, he has not acknowledged any of that firestorm. I, and re- that's what, I, I respect that so much. You know what that's called? Don't feed the trolls. It, like in the biggest, Don't feed the trolls. in the grandest way. He never made a peep, and that's what go, that's what Sony should have done. Yeah, they should have been like, no, we have a good movie, and they should have I'm kept gonna... advertising it. They should have put out another trailer, tried to make yeah. it look better, not, knock their socks off. I mean, they probably they probably make could, it look better. They probably couldn't have prevented the Huffington Post from being like, oh no, you like, can't prevent the Huffington Post from anything. <laughs> giant fat male <laughs> male babies not interested in movie wearing because cargo dumb. shorts. <laughs> Can I can I make a recommendation? If there's a headline and it's got a, an opinion pretty clearly in the headline, it's not news. Yeah, don't read it. If it's on the Huffington Post. It's not news. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So so they tried. Sony went ahead and tried to fan that fire and you know uh, see what all the fuss is about. See what yeah. all the controversy is about. And the movie I think ended up making something like. Um, I think it could have done a lot better. I, yeah. I think it hurt. Way uh, more than it ever. Could I think have. what hurt it a lot is also it doesn't have a good like global reach, mm-hmm. and so they China didn't want to show it, and because uh, of the because the paranormal paranormal stuff, stuff which was is, always going to be a problem is iffy. The, bu- the budget wasn't cheap. I mean, it's a hundred and fifty million dollar movie. So it's like if you can't have a global movie and you have that high budget, you're going to be losing some money. Yeah, two seventeen point eight. Two seventeen point eight. That's that, I mean, those are pretty good returns. They probably... It didn't flop as bad as anybody wanted it to, and it didn't do as well as I wanted it. But they didn't, they, they didn't launch a cinematic universe the way, no. they, they, the way they intended mm-hmm. to. And that, might, that right there might be one of the... I mean, would you... If you were the head of a studio, I don't care, female, male, who, whatever, would you budget 150 mil for a Ghostbusters remake? No. To me, that's too... Like, Ghostbusters is about people in... in, yeah. in and janitor. Exter- yeah, janitor costumes yeah. going around. <laughs> Running around Boston pretending to be New York. Just shooting, shooting green screen ghosts. Yeah, that's the thing. The Ghostbusters aren't really action heroes. They just go like this. Yeah. And and even this movie had to kind of come up with it creative ways of making this more interesting, um, mm. which is one of, probably one of the filmmaking challenges of the movie. Well, I mean, if you think about the original <laughs> Ghostbusters and how much they're actually busting ghosts in that movie. That climax. It's guys being funny. It's, it's like, guys being funny. It's the character. There's like 10 minutes of ghost. It's Bill Murray hating his friends yeah. and ragging on him the whole We've been time. We've been rewatching it like the same scenes over and over again, and we're just like, Bill Murray never takes the movie or the situation or the character seriously his whole for a life. second. That like, sounds like his film career. <laughs> like, the Marshmallow Man is destroying the city, and he goes, Why don't we just get this guy laid? There won't be any trouble. He's a sailor. And yeah, like, they're, they're oh, about, why are you joking? They're, they're about to go through with a plan that's going to wipe out all of existence. And he's like, I love this plan. I'm happy to be a part he's of it. He's being sarcastic. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and it makes it wonderful. And, yeah. and Rick Moranis is so oh, yeah. funny. And I mean, what, you know, as much as we enjoyed it, and by the way, we saw it at Cinema Salem in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. So we saw it in the ghostiest area of the country. But it's been two months since we saw it. And like, I, I don't, 
it didn't age well in my brain. No. <laughs> and much like, I mean, you know, did Knocked Up, for I, instance, age well in your brain? I mean, these are yeah. movies where people mm-hmm. just kind of quip at each other. I, I walked away from it enjoying the good parts, and I'm remembering the bad parts more as time goes on. So it, it didn't do what it needed to do, which yeah. is, which is, is reintroduce Ghostbusters to the world. Yeah. Instead, it made Ghostbusters a bad word. Uh, and that sucks. Yeah, it does suck because, like I said, the Ghostbusters was a huge part of my tra- childhood. Mm. I dressed as a Ghostbusters three years mm. in a row for Halloween when I was younger. And so it's like, it does suck. It sucks that it, maybe Ghostbusters needs to go back to Marvel. <laughs> if, if, you wanted to, if, you, if you wanted to squeeze some gold out of Ghostbusters, which might not be a good idea at no, all. I don't think um, so. But if you needed to do it. Maybe do it with with an animated series. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Remember car- Ghostbusters on car- Extreme? I- Ghostbusters Extreme? That was Pe- fun. People like it. I um, liked it. I mean, at the time. I never saw it. I, I, well. I saw the real Ghostbusters. which I was had the-, the real Ghostbusters toys. Does that count? Oh, we all did. My God. <laughs> I mean, those are in the, the backyards of so many, uh, you know. Um, so Netflix... Ghostbusters TV series, do it. <laughs> the, the Ninja Turtles, before even before these Michael Bay movies, they had a giant show on Nickelodeon that, oh, yeah. re- that really brought them people love. That are it's their fan favorites. You can actually bring properties back with animated series. I think so. Um, so that's not a terrible way to do it. And then of course, like, but don't do it the way you did it. This most recent Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, once Harold Ramis died, it's to me like the live action hope yeah. is kind of over. I, I I think you could do a live action television series, Netflix, like a Netflix series, like an HBO series or something. That'd be great. That'd be great because like you can. You can expand the arc. You can do Ghost of the Week, but you can also have the overall arc of, like, Azul in the back. Or if you want to finally throw Ernie Hudson a bone, for the God's sake. Yeah. Ernie Hudson, who who never should have been in it to begin with because of the Eddie Murphy thing. The only true believer left. The the, the guy who was like, anytime you're ready to Ghostbusters, I'm ready to Ghostbusters. The guy who... He's on standby. The guy who offered the animated series, like, I'll do my own voice. And they're like, (laughs) nah. He gets, he gets, an, and then when he, they're finally ready to make a new movie, they're like, it's gonna be all chicks. <laughs> and then he's like, I wish it was me. And they're like, sexist. <laughs> Ernie Hudson has been getting crapped on for years. Make it an HBO series. Ernie Hudson reopens the Ghostbusters. It's just him. There's no Bill Murray. There's no Dan Aykroyd. Give him everything finally and have him be like, I'm gonna go. Wouldn't that be great to watch a Winston movie, a Winston show about him recruiting a new team? Yeah. I would watch that movie or show. Yeah. Anyway, there's other movies. Get out of my friend, ghost! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Um, I have not seen any Turtles movies. And do you like the Ninja Turtles? I did when I was a child, and I loved the movies as a child. Did you ever watch the, the Max Landis pitch of a Ninja Turtles movie that I sent you? I did, and it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> it really worked for me. There, there are some great stories that could be told with the turtles. Mm. Uh, these, they're, they're freaks. It's, of course, an absurd sort of comedic premise, but it's also about being lonely. It's about growing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a scene in the original movie, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, um, from, ni- oh. ni- from 1990, which I love. It's a coming-of-age film. There's a scene where Raphael comes home from the movies right after his little scuffle with Casey mm-hmm. Jones, and, and it's lit by candle, and Splinter is like... Come, come talk to me by the fire. And Raphael's like, nah, I, I gotta go to bed. And he's like, no, you're gonna listen to me right now. And he talks to him as a father to his son going, I know what it feels like to grow up. I know how angry you must be, but we're here for you. And I, you're gonna get over this someday. I don't know how long it's gonna take, but we're here for you. <laughs> right? Doesn't it, right? Well, the, there is the nothing thing, remotely close to that. Well, this is the thing. Uh, this was like a basically an indie film, the original. Yeah, it was New Line movie. Cinema, which is uh, weird because it was after the success of the animated show, yeah. which was a huge, huge yeah. thing. Yeah. But it was probably tough to tackle. I mean, it, yeah. it's the kind of thing that we, we saw with superhero movies until Iron Man did it, where it's mm-hmm. like, how do you make this subject matter a believable film. I mean, how do you put turtles on screen? And yeah. it's probably just something no one felt comfortable touching. So if they were, I mean, say what you will about the Jim Henson costumes, the, oh. lip, the lip syncing or whatever else, but you will never tell a relatable story with giant CG hulking things. No. And, and the, once again, the greater the spectacle grows, the more you're just out of it. And this movie tried to throw in everything, and the plus spectac- the kitchen sink. And the spectacle got so big that it gets boring and constant and we yeah. we talked through like the whole thing we kept finding ourselves lost in conversation there was nobody in the things. theater before oh, you yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. before you take a shit no 
because I know how precious you are, you, you museum curators. So, so what you're saying, it wasn't a very popular film. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the trailers had us kind of pumped mm. because they were doing like Run, yeah. D, Run DMC's Tricky to it and they there's Bebop, Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady in a yeah. tank. I was like, this is going to be great. It ended up just, it, I mean, the, the foundational problem with it, to quote Adam Carolla, it was... <laughs> was that it It felt like it was written by a 14-year-old. And I don't just mean, like, 14-year-olds love boobs and explosions. No, I mean, like, the reading level. Of, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like, like it, it was, the jokes were just kind of, like, clumsy. Mm-hmm. Like, the way a 14-year-old would not be able yeah, to tell yeah, a joke. And, and nothing led into the next thing. No. It was, and then he shows up, and then he shows up, and then he shows up. There's a whole thing about maybe we can turn into humans with the mutagen and stuff. And it, it actually doesn't go anywhere at all. Um, it never, it never matters. Yeah. Um, they get Baxter Stockman in there. I don't really know why he's in they the movie. They force Krang in there. Krang and Shredder have a quick scene together at the beginning, yeah, and you're like, what the fuck things. is this? And, and, and they retrofit Shredder, because they, they fucked him up so royally in the first one that they kind of tried to retrofit him, and then he ends up not being, um, you know, he's immaterial to the whole plot. Mm. And then the whole sort of, they have a technodrome, but it's only in pieces in the sky, so it's not underground. Oh, it's in the sky. It's in the sky. Everything's in, in the, the sky. Fuck, it's in the fucking Everything. sky. <laughs> and it, it it just and Bebop and Rocksteady are actually like this is coming from me. Like they're actually too fucking juvenile because <laughs> because like because like their ass cracks are hanging out and they're farting oh, no. and 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 they're like uh, like bumping bellies and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is all this? Oh, and Casey Jones was. This is why I'm saying let's leave these children out sometimes. Okay. Ca- Casey Jones was messed up. Almost to Lex Luthor levels mm. in terms of like he's just he's actually a cop in the movie. He's like yeah he's like he's like a, a cop. The opposite of what he was. Yeah, supposed to be like a weird vigilante. vigilante like. And we walked away just being like, well that that will never be repaired. Yeah. And then comparing that to the Max Landis pitch, which was about each turtle tr- pursuing something individual. And well, that really called something back to that first movie and yeah. and growing up and being a teenager yeah. and being brothers and being family and like what does this mean? I don't think it even really successfully sold Pizza Hut. Oh man! You know, like, remember? I think you know it successfully sold Pizza Hut to me. The, the original NES. Game. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I think I think Pizza Hut must have an overall deal with Ninja Turtles must because be. because even in the in this first Michael Bay movie, there's a scene where like they get Pizza Hut and they're in New York and I'm like, mm-hmm. you, so you get like yeah. Pizza Hut pizza, <laughs> even though the pizza from. The other Turtles movies is clearly not Pizza no, Hut Pizza. It's, not, it's no. New York giant slice, yeah, delicious yeah. looking pizza. So it was horrible, and I'm really bummed about it because I, I want to see some great yeah. Turtles content. Independence Day resurgence. All right. Uh, okay. So I haven't seen it either. Yeah. So um, take it away. The, so <laughs> the original movie, there's been a backlash to it lately, I think. Yeah, unfair. Um, I, I think it's unfair too. I we, think it's a, it was, it, it is 1996. And it was the best thing ever. <laughs> if you if you want the source on this issue, you talk to Nina and I because we watched it four times this year. We watched the sequel, and we're we're both sitting there going, "This is a piece of and shit." And we were and we were so sad. And we were like, "Isn't the first one great?" Yeah. And we went back, and I've seen the first one a lot of times, but we went back and we watched it. And we were like, "Yeah, it's so fucking great." Yeah. And, and 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 not. Yeah, I mean, you get poke holes in, in that movie like crazy. The virus thing and the and the hammy acting and the, yeah, and the we know. heart. But no, no, no. It, it It's all part of a vision, once again. Listen to the lines. Yeah. Watch Will Smith perform them. Mm. See what he says when and to Will who. Smith is a plus. Yeah, this is, I think this is peak Will Smith. Yeah. Like, you, you look at any of his movies... This when I think Will Smith, I think Independence Day yeah. every single time. And Men in Black One is a fantastic film. It's a it's a great it, film. It, it, it's yeah. an extension of Independence Day. It's, it's almost an extension. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's well, it's really well balanced, and it, it's um the, the, the there's something really nice about watching the threat emerge throughout the first act, mm. where you don't really know what it is. Are they friends? Are they foe? And then the first act break is about learning everything and then recovering for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So it actually sort of does structurally work. I think something, you know, of, yeah, would the president get in the plane and stuff? No, of course it's retarded. Of, co- <laughs> of course. No, we know that. It, 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 that's not the point. It's like, so are turtles. So are mutant yeah. turtles. It's about whether or not the thing has a vision and it's balanced and it does the thing it intended to do. Independence Day 2 is bonkers. It, the, the coincidence is in that. Like, you, yeah. you can't excuse. It's not 1996 anymore. I mean, I just don't even know... I, I, I don't know what fever dream made this movie. I, 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 I don't believe that every character from the first movie's children 
have somehow all also become great pilots or yeah, political yeah. figures and are going to work together in the same way. But even if they did, if it was all, if they were all a great cast and they were yeah. really, uh, you know, Wait, so it'd be fine. It's 20 years after, right? Yeah. So, so some of the setup is actually pretty logical in terms yeah. of where, like, if I were to write an Independence Day 2 today, one of the things you would do, you'd be like, well, we know about alien technology. So it's got to be incorporated. There's a bunch of destroyed alien technology. So it would probably be incorporated into our lives in some way, and it is. So they're like a little bit more advanced. And then, you know, a lot of the plot is about how the aliens from that movie um, have other enemies in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, and whether or not we've, we've been contacted by one of their Some opponents. of it kind of retrofits the last movie. It does a Battlestar Galactica where it's like what you didn't know during the first movie is they were also doing this other thing over here. And this is what we have to combat now. But there's like... This was their plan the whole time. You know, the... the, 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 the there's some real over-the-top goofiness. Like, like Vivica Fox is in it, and she, like... She, she, she was the uh, exotic dancer? Yeah, she's uh, Will Smith's, like, wife. She's chicken movie, legs. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene in Invest Day 1 where they're, they're like, flirting. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I said it, like, a thousand times. Like, she's like, and, he, and Will Smith goes, he's like, what about those chicken legs? Bagaw! <laughs> <laughs> she, like, dies on the top of a roof. Like she she went water. from being an exotic dancer to now being a physician, like a and nurse. she was delivering a baby during the new alien attack, and she dies on a roof, and her son sees it from a plane. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, like, Judd Hirsch is in a lot of it, a serious amount of it. He, he, he has a boat now, and there's, like, a tidal wave, and he's like, I never should have gotten this boat. <laughs> and, and, and then he gets, like, a bus full of children he's no, driving across. Ser- so, so he washes up on, you know, some shore, and some kids with a car see him, and they pick him up, and he ends up with the kids. And then he gets to a school bus, and then he drives the school bus around with the kids. All right, all right. So, th- me. Sorry. Wa- watching. <laughs> school bus. Um, Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know what would be great? More judders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was happy to see him again. He's 80-some, and he looks yeah. great. And he can be in the movie, and he's even kind of uh, charismatic. But yeah. it, and he might have even been their best asset, because no, Liam Hemsworth no. wasn't doing it. Jeff Goldblum was their best asset. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, his scenes, he pulls off. He he so? he pulls off the same character he played in the original. He, he just doesn't have him? he yeah. just doesn't have anyone Jeff to act opposite. Every time he's a God, Bill Pullman. Oh my God! Uh, you put those two across from each other. It's just sad. They should not have dragged Bill. Pullman. Oh yeah, Bill. Well, Bill Pullman would is probably fine, uh, but he they decided to make him like the crazy old man on the mountain, mm. and and you know there's some stuff they do with him. You know, can I just spoil? It? Is that okay? Uh, no, nobody. It, they, they they do some. They, you know, where, <laughs> Nobody's like, gonna watch. They it basically they need a suicide pilot, and he decides to be it. Uh, yeah. And it kind of ends anticlimactically where he's like, happy 4th of July. The whole thing is that it turns out that the mother alien, not the mother ship, the mother alien, a massive alien, right? A really big one. A big one? Um, okay. She has her own. Because you know what we need? A bigger one. Big alien. She has her own shields. And so he smashes into her and then he shoots her. And that releases her from her ship. But now you have a 50, you have a 50 foot. <laughs> Alien that's in the desert, and it's it's all, and then it, and, and then its shields are still up, and it starts running through the desert. And Judd Hirsch in a school bus full of children oh, no. is driving away from them. It's like they wanted uh, it's it bonkers. to be a monster <laughs> movie and a kaiju and uh, a Independence Day, and they just... and at the very end, they they all kind of like everybody that survived, which is most of them. They all start. They're all hanging out, and they're like. So, like, they're on the run. Why don't we take the fight to them and go into space and fight them? And, 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 uh, and Data is like, well, why do Because Data's in a ton of the yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he wakes up from the coma from the first movie. I thought he died in the first one. Yeah, it turns out it was a coma. Oh. He wakes up 20 years later, and he's like, oh, my God. He, he's like, well, hell, yeah, we will. And then the movie ends. It's, it, 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 it ends in this really strange, like, huh. yeah. It's, and, and it was boring. Oh. It was so boring and weird. That's- that's actually really disappointing. Yeah. Like, I, I would at least think you could make a bad movie. Out of this. <laughs> like, or like a two, you know, it was so bad it's good kind of thing. It, it's just a poor understanding of what made the first one good, and they were like, well, we'll just do it, but bigger. But it was something about it being 1996 and of the time, and there, yeah, and, they, and you couldn't redo it. it yeah, and it was directed by Roland Emmerich, who directed the first movie. Yeah. But it turns out that that guy 
Independence Day one is a fluke because that, fluke. that that guy has made shit his whole life. Yeah, I've, I've seen the day after tomorrow. I think twenty twelve. Yeah, if uh, you really want to see his bottom of the barrel, ten thousand BC. Ooh, that was bad. Uh, that is a rough movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he sucks. I saw Star Trek Beyond. We saw the first two. You saw the first two. So the first one is J.J. Um, Abrams' um, Star Star Wars edition. Yes. I, I wasn't in love. I know a lot of people love it. I did like it. I yeah. did like it. And mostly because I like Star Wars and I don't like Star Trek. Right. right. I, do, I haven't seen TNG. Everybody's like, you got to see the TNG. You got to see Patrick Stewart. You got to no. see... Um, I saw Whoopi. Yeah, you got... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For me, it was always Little Little House on the Prairie in space. Yeah. It, it, it was the thing that stopped the Simpsons from playing. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's... I saw them on the holodeck with chicks in bikinis. Yeah. But the thing is, um, then then J.J. Abrams did the second one, and, and that did not sit well with me. Like, it just felt too much like, like wink, wink. Sure. Look, I have Star Trek. That's the common criticism. Here is, um, oh, these here's are things. These are things you know. Tribbles. Here's a tribble. Here's here's Khan. Here's this. Benedict Cumberbatch Batch does nothing for me. If if he was a new character, maybe that would be fine. Yeah. But the fact that they had shoehorn in Khan, who was an Indian man. Yeah. Um, well, a, Ricardo, Spani- a Spanish yeah, man a Spanish, yeah. playing Ricardo Maltabarn <laughs> playing an Indian man. Playing an Indian man. This one actually did work for me. Star Trek Beyond, directed by I believe the guy who did Fast Seven. Fast Seven, yes, which is insane because this is actually the the cerebral one of the series. And, I, and contrary to the to the promotions, to the promotions, which were like, yeah, it had sabotage. It had the uh, everybody got upset because the movie looked like an action. Pack. Yeah, because it, it looked good, and yeah, right. <laughs> people were upset. Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. And of yeah, they did. I think they did the best job they could to bring in the spirit of actual Star Trek. And I think maybe Simon Pegg did a... As a screenwriter. Uh, as a screenwriter, probably had a huge hand in that because he's actual, an actual fan of the series. Yeah. Yeah, Simon Pegg is also great in this. Um, and uh, Anton Yel- Yelchin, is, this is his last performance as that character. What a bummer. I mean, he's, he's a, a really good actor. Because he's a, he's a great... He, he doesn't have, like, a huge role in the film, or in any of the films, really. He's, he's kind of a minor-ish character. Yep. But if, if they are going to do more, and J.J. Abrams says he's at least going to oversee more of them. Yeah. But overall, everything worked better. It, it feels like they watched the Plinkett review of the Star, <laughs> Star Trek... Um, the original movie, or the the Star Trek, the Star Trek, right? Um, because they they took all those hypercharged characters, they dialed them down, they took the Bones, Spock, Kirk triad, and they reinforced that more than like Uhara or whatever her name is, Uhara. Oh, uh, Uhara. Uhara. Yeah. You can see how big fans we are. We're, I haven't seen a second of Star Trek TV, and it works out because I, I really do love. Um, What's the actor who plays Bones? Um, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, you got it. That dude played the bad guy in um, in Pete's Dragon. Oh yeah. Um, which is like the saddest movie of the summer, and he he's just he just plays that guy that wants to that wants to kill the dragon for no fucking reason. Oh. That wants to <laughs> capture him and somehow make money off of him. <laughs> so Star Trek Beyond is is more like basically a mission. Yeah. Of 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 the Enterprise, so that's what makes it effective. It's instead of like, oh, the Earth is in danger. This is like we have to prevent Earth from. They always shoehorn Earth in these Star Trek movies. Yeah, and so to this, bring it back to it was it bring it brought it back to something a little bit lower stakes, which again maybe would help Suicide Squad. Um, so it was it was just you know some station. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I mean, doesn't it kind of feel like that's what they wanted to do all along with this franchise was get the audience's attention with something large and then kind of feed them real Star Trek over time? Yeah, I, I, and I think they should have done that with the second one. Maybe they wanted to. Maybe they were like, look at all this other stuff from the universe, but we're still trying to keep your attention. Yeah, but 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 uh, Star Wars Episode Seven haven't, hasn't didn't come out yet, so J.J. Abrams had to, to try again, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Edris L. Elba? Eldris Idris Elba, Elba yeah. Idris Elba. He played the villain, and he, he is kind of like a stereotypical villain, but... Covered in makeup. He was the weakest part for me, but um, but everything else was, was good. A lot, focus on characters, Spock figuring out what he should do, um, because he's the last, basically last of a species, or, or 
there's very few of his species left after the planet of Vulcan explodes. So he's he's trying to figure out if it's even like right to do what he's doing. So he to me he's the most compelling character. Like if I were to have to write one of these movies, I probably would. So you know, Spock is is the one that's. Um, struggling with himself, struggling with his identity, his place, his place, his place in on the, the universe. Team, his place in the universe, yeah. So that's a, it's an interesting character. So, uh, good movie. I recommend it. So, I mean, we're almost out of movies. The, the only other one that was kind of a big blockbuster that we saw was Jungle Book. Uh, right. John Favreau of Iron Man fame, uh, his Jungle Book movie, which um, also had Idris Elba as the villain. He plays Shere mm-hmm. Khan. Uh, pretty, pretty mind-blowing CG across the board in terms of the animal CG. Um, they had a pretty good child lead, although I thought he was the weakest thing about the movie. Oh, yeah. um, Bill Murray, his best performance in years as Baloo. Mm-hmm. As Baloo. I l- love Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley as um, as as uh, Bagheera, uh, the the panther. Really good treatment of the, of the material. Um, I mean, it is Disney's The Jungle yeah. Book, so this is we're not going back to whatever. Do like they do songs. I, I didn't. I they do, they uh, do music and one song. No, they do two songs. They do like there's a there's a sequence where where they're kind of introducing that Mowgli and Baloo are getting to know one another, and he kind of just sits on Baloo's belly while they're going down river, and they sing Bare Necessities in kind of a sloppy way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like a full blown musical number. They're just like Bare Necessities, and they're just kind of enjoying it. So it's not a musical number, mm-hmm. but it is. They do sing the song, and then there is yeah okay. So maybe that's kind of what you meant because there then there actually is a number. Yeah. And it's King Louis, Chris, uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken. As, as King Louis, which is just interesting. I mean, a bold choice. It's it's been a while since I've seen Christopher Walken in something, and I've thought that was good. Well, I mean, the, seeing him in Hook was horrifying. Uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter yeah. Pan. They, they, Same they, as Hook. They was... did the yeah, they did the Peter Pan live musical, and um, he's forgetting his lines the whole show and stuff, and he's like uh, the, the Pan. They found a mother. Oh. It's nice to have a mother. Mm. Peter Pan has found a mother. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, just can't, he can't keep up. It's very he does. Hard he to doesn't watch. feel like if you think Hook, I never think of Christopher. Hall. I'd love to see his take on it twenty-five years ago. <laughs> And and I think somebody went, Christopher Walken would be interesting. And in their head, they were thinking 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah. I was like, no, he's too fucking old. Oh, no. Um, the only thing is with The Jungle Book is it, is it was a good treatment of it. Did we need it? Did Jungle Book need, like, a redo? We don't a need redo? a lot of things. We don't need a remake of Beauty and the Beast, Nina. But we're getting Nor do it. I want it. I don't want it in the same way that I don't want The Jungle Book. You want it a little bit. When you see that trailer that's like, da 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 yeah, but then I see Hermione, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, well, yeah. Keep, just keep her out of it. I know. Why, why couldn't we have gotten Anna Kendrick in there? Yeah, I, like, Anna Kendrick should have been April O'Neil. She should have been Belle, for, I she guess. She should have been everything. I nominate her for we, everything. We like Anna Kendrick for some reason. She just feels kind of right a lot of the time, or, or she's not too much of this or not too much of that. She, yeah, she, she, can, she can kind of play the innocent female she, of something. Yeah, but she's also kind of fun. You know. Yes, I can see. That. I just don't need any more Bryce Dall- Dallas Howard, Kate Mara, Jessica, uh, Jessica Ch- Chastain. Chastain. Like we get it. These yeah. three all look alike, and you've cast Scarlett them in everything. Johansson. Christopher Walken does. I want to be like you. So he's like, I want to be like you, and it's like he's not really singing. Um, it might not be him. The song part, they might have gotten a Christopher Walken impersonator. Yeah, oh. yeah. And you'll never hear about I don't, it. They're I don't keeping think their so, lips because they weren't really singing. Nah. Oh, and then they in the credits they fit in some of the other songs. Like they had Scarlett Johansson sing "Trust in Me." Mm. Um, in like some of the score, they had like notes of some of the other songs. It was, I mean, for a green screen movie, which is what this oh, is. Oh, it's all green screen. So. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're not shooting in the jungle. Oh, um, they aren't anymore. Well, if you already have these, well, because then you would have to have all this CG reference mm-hmm. in a jungle environment. That's true. It'd be really hard to shoot. So, so it's just—is it just a real boy in a real c- boy in a, CG in, in, world? In, in, in a soundstage? Yeah, but it looks good. John Favreau is a really inventive filmmaker. I mean, he, he sometimes he strikes out. You know, Iron Man Two wasn't so hot, and um, mm. and he, we can find some some not so great John Favreau movies. But he did Elf. He did Iron Man oh, One. Jun- Jungle Book was good. I recommend it. it in, in in this lineup of live action Disney remakes, I thought it was a pretty solid one. So out of all the things you've seen, let's just say this summer, what would you think it was your favorite? Civil War is the highlight. Civil War is your yeah, highlight. Civil War is the one that I'm looking forward to on Blu-ray the most. Yeah. Uh, to revisit. I am, um, definitely. Not my favorite movie, but probably my favorite kind of thing. I actually really liked Suicide Squad. I, I, I liked yeah. what it's going to kick off. I, I liked 
Margot Robbie in it. I, I'm hoping that it means better things coming for DC, and I, I liked seeing Will Smith again. There were some moments that really surprised me and that I found really enjoyable. We were having a great time at the movies when we saw Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you can rate a movie based on were you happy that you spent the money? Yeah. Um, you know, 10 bucks. Was it 10 bucks well spent? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it definitely was. It, it made me excited for other things. Even though I thought, you know, Civil War is probably a better movie and a one-time viewing experience, I kind of know what I'm getting from, Mar- from yeah. Marvel. I know what direction yeah. that's going in. It's going to be great, but I'm not excited for anything that's coming from it. I get it. I know where we're going. Mm. Um, Suicide Squad... It helped me out of the Batman versus Superman slump. I'm actually going to say Star Trek Beyond, and mostly because... I saw it. It Hmm. surprised me how much I actually enjoyed it. (laughs) Like, it's true. Like, incorporating actually more Star Trek in it. Whenever somebody says, oh, it's Star Trek, I I usually tune out. So the fact that they... He, he did it in a way that incorporated blockbuster stuff, which probably infuriates some nerds. It's nice to be surprised it's by, nice by to be, movies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was surprised by it. I'll tell you what, what surprised me this summer. Baffled me. There were two movies that were sequels. And their predecessors only came out a couple of years ago. And they did very well at the box office. The sequels were Alice Through the Looking Glass which you didn't even know came out, neither did oh, yeah, I. I. Almost didn't. nobody knew. <laughs> wow. And the Snow White and the Huntsman sequel. Snow White and the Huntsman uh, uh, was a, like a, not a very good movie, but it made a lot of money. And Al, uh, the original Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp's in the second one too, by the way, with Helena Bottom Carter and all of them. But they, that, that first one was in the top 10 highest grossing films of all time. Alice in Wonderland 1 did very well. People came out. That was back when Johnny Depp still had some steam. Yeah. And this thing just went under the radar, and I think it costs 150, 160. Well, that's um, that's the thing is Hollywood, on a whole, I think this summer kind of lost. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you think that speaks to? Is it just that they're churning out too much shit? May, maybe the... maybe we're not the right audience because we have a new reigning champ in animated films. We didn't well, even talk about yeah, Finding I mean, Dory. Finding Dory, none of us saw. But oh, Finding, I never saw fi- Finding Dory is the highest grossing animated film of all time. It beat Frozen. It beat Frozen. Frozen? I mean, Fro- Frozen being this cultural phenomenon. It, 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 it had a great song. It, 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 it like sat in theaters for a year like Titanic. Yeah. It was the animated Titanic. But Finding Dory somehow came along and just beat it, a, a la Avatar. <laughs> Finding Dory is the Avatar of animated films. But the point is, is that the four quadrant films, the, the ones that just hit every, every audience, those, those are the ones that seem to do big sweeps. Yeah. And which is weird because Deadpool did as well as it did. Mm. I mean, my, my theory would be that for the past five, six, maybe even seven years, uh, really ever since Netflix streaming and, yeah. and the ability to watch things on these, movies have had to be bigger, more worthy experiences. And, and, and the quality of TV. It's not just the fact that we can watch these things at home. Is there's, There are also yeah. Netflix yeah. and HBO are pumping out good shows that yeah. people want to sit with Movie for a quality. long period Movie of time. Quality. And they're, they're attracting big-name talent, like Matthew McConaughey goes to True Detective, mm-hmm. just knocks it out of the park. Or, or, or they're making stars, like Game of Thrones, where oh, Game they of, yeah, made Game that of, whole cast because yeah. the show is so right. good. Right, and, and yeah, so TV is just generating new movie stars who aren't doing as good work as they did when they were on TV. It, you know, going out and seeing a film in a theater has to be a more worthy experience. And, um, and so every week, especially during the summertime, a new tentpole comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's been going that way for a while. And, you know, if, like, like I said earlier, if, if Marvel never adapted, mm-hmm. if Marvel never started to do something more interesting, because it almost feels like DC is just doing what Marvel did five years ago, but people are wicked sick of it. Tent poles are, are becoming tiring for people. And do you think people are getting savvier <laughs> at all? Like, yeah, do you yeah. think Rotten Tomatoes and, like, when, I'm, when I go to Comcast and I'm going to rent a movie, they put the Rotten Tomato score underneath the movie. It's 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 so in the public eye whether something is worth seeing. Well, in movies, when when, when but for then sometimes they turn on it. Then sometimes you get the Suicide Squad thing. That's true. Suicide Squad and... did do fairly well. When when for seven years straight, every movie is a paint by numbers movie. Eventually, the audience starts to go like, oh, I don't really know if I love movies as much as I love something over here. And great movies come out in the meanwhile. We, the Guardians of the Galaxies do happen. We, we, we talked <clears> about all the horror movies that yeah. came in, flew under the radar, and then were great. And probably had a budget of nothing. But some of those movies will never really get seen by audiences. And, and, and if they had come out in 1999, they would have been 
you know, Sixth Sense phenomena. And, and some of those movies, I wonder mm. if they were a miniseries or if they were a television show. If 10 Cloverfield Lane was the television show that had 10 episodes to develop oh, yeah. that, like, what would that have looked like? Yeah, well, what... And do you remember when, like, I don't know, just regular uh, non-superhero movies were tentpoles? Like, just... Things that are indie movies now were, yeah. were ten-pole movies. Yeah. Um, well, it, all it took was a, was Will Smith being in a movie. Yeah. For instance. Yeah. It, it, it used to be based on stars. Now it's based on IP. Yeah. IP and, is and, the And new it used star. to be largely comedies. I remember when it was like something about Mary. It was yeah, the biggest. something about Mary or like Hitch or, or, or Will Smith. Or, or like yeah, like the, the original Judd Apatow. In two thousand seven, Seth Rogen was opening hundred million dollar movies. And you know, super, super bad and knocked up were hundred million dollar movies. Yeah. And now now those kind of movies are kind of pushed out. Um, under the radar. They, 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 Unless it's like the eighth <clears throat> sequel to The Hangover. Yeah, so. Those movies fall between the, the very rare weekends where there's no temple. Mm. So so if it's like, okay, Civil War's this week and Turtles is this week. And Fast 9 is here. And you just, just shove, soror- yeah, <laughs> shove Neighbors 2 right here. I mean, as far as why Hollywood lost, it's just a bunch of crap movies. I mean, it's that simple. A, a bunch of crap movies for too long. TV just turning it up and people being home with Better televisions, because every Black Friday, that's the only thing on sale. And who the hell wants to go to the movie theater with all those teenagers anyway? And also, you can go on YouTube and watch Red Cow Entertainment every, <laughs> every Sunday and maybe Thursday sometimes. And I sometimes don't know. Tuesday. Tuesday. We, when I get home after work, we turn on YouTube and we watch all of our favorite YouTube channels. It's true. We don't, wa- we don't watch uh, TV, really. And if ever there was a reason for me to watch television, as I start to watch it and there's a commercial every two minutes... Mm-hmm. That makes me stop watching TV. And and the TV shows and things that we do watch, we get from the YouTube things that we watch. We we yeah. EJ talks about Stranger Things, and we decide we're going to go see yeah. Stranger Things. We kind of let our our YouTube channels dictate our tastes. Little reviews have become art as well, yeah. which is another big thing. You know, it's like like in, independent internet art. A lot of it, in order to get any visibility, has to have mentioned something that got a lot of marketing. Yeah, and I would probably listen to Max Landis pitch me movies. All day. <laughs> anyway, and then, now we're going into the fall. We'll be getting a bunch of Oscar bait, and we'll probably be back in February. Well, Rogue One should blow the whole thing away. Oh. If, if those trailers tell us anything. Uh, I'm so excited for that. The whole time that I, even when I was seeing good things about Batman versus Superman, I thought, man, Man of Steel sucked. Why, why would it be good if Man of Steel sucked that yeah. bad? And the only thing I'm thinking while I'm watching Rogue One trailers, which look dazzling. It's amazing. I'm, I'm just thinking... Man, Godzilla sucked. <laughs> uh, and so I'm really scared that it's going to suck in a way that Godzilla did. What I like about Rogue One is that it has all of the elements of Star Wars, like all of the noticeable things, but it feels mm. like a different, like, like Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield, yeah. it feels like a different genre that you're introducing into Star Wars. Like the, the framing of things is different. The maybe even the fact that they're using digital feels different. It also like the universe you know and love, but something new still. There, there's something bittersweet about the story, even just from the trailers. It feels like these people are all gonna be dead. Yeah. And 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 I love the notion, especially the thing when I was a kid, the thing I loved about Star Wars the most was, you know, there's people in this universe that aren't just Luke Skywalker. Yeah. There's all these people. I love this notion that the, the the way that the Death Star was destroyed was through the efforts of people you've never heard of. Yeah. And and they all and they're and, and they most all, likely they all die at the end. Yeah, they all most likely get murdered by Darth Vader. And there's something <laughs> there's something really melancholy but interesting about I, that. I'm really excited yeah. about that. Because because um, not being a huge Star Wars fan growing up, coming to it a little bit later, when the newest one came out, I'm like, and he's their son. And this is the only family in the galaxy. Is what it's it almost like, they, feel served, like. they served you both dishes. Yeah. They were like, I'm going to give you a really familiar entree, real home cooking type stuff. But for dessert, I'm going to give you something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll put a little crack in it. Once, I've made, once I've made you happy with episode seven, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... And, to... And I'm a dessert first kind of gal. And I'm <laughs> interested to see where that goes. All right, well, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you, and for part one and part two of Summer Blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it for Review Lounge. Um, thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good day. Good day. I got my whiskey, and I'm going to go home. <laughs> it was long, but who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm.